and welcome to Podcast Me Anything and Ask Me Anything for all things podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Cloy, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matthew Passy, the podcast consultant. Matthew and I wanted to move the conversations beyond the podcasting 101 topics and move into the intermediate to advanced podcasting strategy to reach your goals, to interact with the show, submit your questions to be answered live, book a podcast live with Matthew, or find the notes from today's show, head on over to podcastmeanything.com. Welcome back to Studio 3. We are recording live here in location in New Jersey and Wisconsin and using our remote studio called Studio 3. And I said Studio 3 as a play because that's what this studio is called virtually in Riverside. And I felt like it was a good play on Welcome to Studio 55 in downtown New York or whatever those studio numbers are when they join the late shows and those different things. So welcome to the podcast, Matthew. I, I Am I in the right place? I don't know. Did I, did I show up to the right studio? I know it just hit me when I was clicking the link to join. I was like, it said Studio Three. It said PMA Studio Three. And I was like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna play on words here. And I was like, we're gonna join Studio Three. All right. Well, good to be here at Studio Three with you. Now you gotta come up with a name for your local podcasting studio. Like in my house here? No, the one that you actually have that you rent and lease to people that want to record their state their their podcast. Oh, well, I mean the the facility is Towncast Studios, but yes, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give the room its own unique name. So I'll, you're gonna have to be like, to welcome to Studio Eighty Five, Matthew Passy Productions. Yeah, welcome. Uh, uh, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> <laughs> well, the news that I want to kind of talk about is kind of twofold. One, there was an article out of Pod News that talks about came out of BBC in the UK about when people stop listening to podcasts. And then coincidentally, there was a second article that you brought to attention about Anchor adding video to all of their podcasts and Spotify allowing that connection to work in the Spotify app. And it almost created this twofold that one, people stop listening to podcasts, maybe when they're not interested. And that's what the news article said. But then there's also these shiny objects that like, oh, I could add video and that maybe that would make people start listening to my podcast more. I'm wondering when you think of maybe people stop listening or even you can pick which one of these you want to tackle or which angle you want to bring to it. But they kind of have a like there's a solution here, but it's a shiny object solution. So you have to also struggle. Like, is that the shiny object that I want to help people prevent to stop listening or grow? Like it also creates a whole new world of thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It is it is very tempting to see that new software has come out, new technology is available, a new piece of equipment is out there to immediately think, oh, I need to go out and get that. And as somebody who is very, very guilty of often doing the, oh, I need to go out and get that mentality, um, I can certainly relate to that very, very strongly and very, very expensively. Uh, that being said, I mean, I think there are times where the new technology is useful and good and sometimes where, you know, I don't think it's as necessary as everybody makes it sound. So let's start with this uh, piece of news about Anchor. So yes, uh, you know, shortly after Joe Rogan moved over to the Spotify platform and his videos got taken down off of YouTube, Spotify came up with a plan to have video introduced on their platform so people can consume his content there. They slowly started to roll it out by invite only, including, you know, some big name shows and products and, you know, making sure they were available as part of the platform. Um, they started to kind of increase that, but in order to use it, you have to be an anchor user. Uh, we know this because they, I was actually have a client who got moved over to anchor specifically so that his video could appear on Spotify. Um, he's very, very happy that it's out there. And, and it seems like, 
you know, if your audience is a Spotify audience and you are putting out video, then it might feel like it's important to be there. That said, it's not an exclusive thing. So if you're doing it, you should probably still keep continuing to put your stuff on YouTube. But yeah, I was a little surprised how quickly they made the announcement that, okay, everybody is welcome now. If you use Anchor, you can go ahead and you can put your content, uh, put your upload your video content and put it out on Spotify. How much do I think you have to run out and do this? Eh, probably not. It is a nice feature, but I'm as a non Spotify power user. I don't know how often people feel compelled to really sit down and consume video content on that platform. I feel like Spotify has really ingrained itself as a music player and you can take it with you on the road and have access to all your cool stuff there. I don't know if, if it's going to, you know, replace YouTube anytime soon as a video destination. So if you're comfortable where you're doing things or if you're comfortable with the operation, like I don't think it's worth switching your hosting, updating all your embed codes, changing your process just so you can also include video in this one spot where I'm sure the numbers and the plays, you know, are, are a very, very, very small fraction of, uh, you know, the overall audience metrics that you're getting over there. I want to address the elephant in the room. So as long as I've been friends with is that you, some Anchor, way of you calling me fat, that's no, not nice. <laughs> there is an elephant in just the, the knowledge that you've been distilled on me over our friendship over the last few years. And that is Anchor is not your favorite platform to utilize, to work with, and you get frustrated often when it comes to Anchor. Do you have a metric in your head where Anchor passes a bar of like where someone should start if they're making a podcast or launching a podcast? Like, is there a metric in your head that you're looking for for your recommendation on Anchor changing? I'm not sure. I think it's kind of one of those like, you know it when you see it kind of a moment. I, my original part. I don't see it yet. <laughs> I here's what I will tell you. When I when Anchor first came out, my you know hesitation was if it's if they're giving it away for free, then you're the product, and or um, how are they going to make money? How are they going to be sustainable? Right, you're going to be scrambling to find a new platform. Then they were acquired by Spotify, and now you're like, okay, they're probably going to be around for a while. Like, I'm less worried about their longevity. Then there was all the problems with their terms of service and whether or not you do own it and, and how much um, monetization they're going to do on your show without your permission. Like, there was just a lot of questions, a lot of confusion about the platform. So I had a client that was a nonprofit, and they really wanted to save money everywhere they could. And I said, you know what? This is a great opportunity. Let's try Anchor for you. It's free. It's there. It works. Like, that's a, it's as good a reason as any to give it a shot. I ran into a ton of technical issues with the platform. I found it, even though it's supposed to be very simple, like when you make a mistake or when there is an issue, because the platform is so simple, like it's really, really hard to fix it. And at the time, customer support was non-existent, slow, um, or truthfully, when they did finally get back to me about the problem, like it felt like a really bad customer service call. Like, have you tried unplugging and replugging in your router? Like they didn't really have any answers for me. And so I got frustrated with the experience of using the platform more so than anything else. And it didn't matter to me that it was free or anything else. It was like, I had a bad experience here. If I have problems and I'm, you know, working on behalf of clients, like I don't want to be in a situation where I can't solve a problem because your support team isn't going to be responsive or help me or, you know, or even show up. So 
in the most recent iteration though, right? They've made a lot of changes, a lot of improvements, right? Being acquired by Spotify and now working with Megaphone, like the, the team over there obviously has been bulked up. There's a lot more support. They're doing a lot more with it. They've had more time and learned a lot more. I will say in switching my other client over to their platform, uh, I was more impressed with what I've seen from them. Um, and I think that I, while I still do not make it one of my primary recommendations for where to host your podcast, I am less hesitant or I'm less like when someone says, oh, I'm just going to use anchor. Um, cause I think you can get it done. Now that said, I think their stats are still kind of limited. Um, at least when you look at the dashboard and maybe if you download them, they, they get a little bit better. Um, monetization, if you have a great audience, cool. Uh, but the truth is if you're someone who is thinking about a podcast and you're not really sure, you don't know what you really want to invest in it. You just want to get started. I don't think there's anything wrong with signing up for anchor doing it. What I would tell you though, is just don't let them control your feed. In other words, don't let them submit to Apple. Don't let them submit to all the places. Like don't let their email address be the one that's on file. Cause then when you do want to switch or if you want to switch later on, um, you don't want to have to jump through hoops. Oh, I should also mention anchor anchor also, uh, Riverside announced the partnership with anchor as well, which that doesn't really affect us in any way, shape or form, but just good for them. Like, you know, good for Riverside for, uh, you know, such a big uh, partnership. I'm glad you mentioned the Riverside because as I was thinking and questioning my own belief of of Anchor, if I was starting from the beginning and trying to get the lowest hanging fruit to get started, to know to hit publish, but then also know the power of video and know the least barrier power to entry, like I don't have to do a lot of things and not testing the Riverside integration, knowing that if I was doing my interviews on Riverside, like we are here in PMA Studio 3, and I could do that and carry it over fairly flawlessly without a lot of work. It might not be perfectly edited by like a pro, but if I could just get a quick win and get that somewhere, now you're still not getting it on YouTube where you may truly want it. But even if I was just able to have video be in there with low barrier, to me, that gave it an extra nudge that if that was part of your strategy and you wanted a low barrier to get that fruit without having to do the work and paying expensive video editors to do it, to me, that might have shifted my decision or would shift if I were to start over again. I would say ultimately, I still am a Captivate lover. And if Captivate ever marries with Riverside or any of those other ones, like then we're even in a completely different ballgame. But to me, that was like an extra nudge that it wasn't like, oh, we just want you to work in our thing, which the video still goes into Spotify. But it was an extra nudge that made my processes or could make my processes easier to get that extra bonus. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is, is right. It's it. I will say it's nice to upload one video file and get video and audio split from Anchor into Spotify and then into your RSS feed and therefore all the other locations that it exists on. Um, but right, like you still then have to upload it to YouTube, which don't get me wrong. If you're uploading to another hosting site, you're still uploading to YouTube. So it's not a big deal. But I, I it took me a couple of weeks to realize wait, where's my audio file from last week? Where's my, where's my audio session? What am I? And then I was like, oh, right. I only have to upload one file. So that is kind of convenient. Yeah. Although well, that I would also say you probably want separate video audio, like not that the content has to change, but your intro for 
video is probably going to be much shorter than your intro for audio since you don't have the visuals to help you do a lot of the work of explaining the information there. Yeah. That leads us into our deep dive today. And I thought of an analogy where this deep dive is kind of born out of where you walk into your pantry and I didn't do this today, but I've done it a couple times in the last month where you walk in and there's a bag of chips and you're like, ooh, those look really good for lunch. And you open up and you taste one and they're like, ugh, this is stale. That feeling of stale chips kind of inspired me to ask Matthew today for our deep dive is a common feeling, I think, as podcasters that maybe is hard to recognize and hard to trust or even to listen to, but maybe we have it as an instinct, is when you think that maybe your podcast is getting stale. And I think there's two sides to this. There's one, like, is it your limiting belief that it's stale? Or two, is it really stale? And so to start off, and you can riff on this wherever you need to, but the first question I kind of want you to think about when you have people in front of you in consulting, how do you think about, like, is the podcast stale when it's just, like, as a consultant looking at it? What are some of the thought processes that go through your mind? Well, and I think there's actually two different approaches that you have to take to that as well, which is, is the podcast getting stale to the audience? Or is the podcast just getting stale to you? I would venture to say the first one is obviously a lot easier to recognize and to understand. And that's basically just, do you have the same passion and enthusiasm for recording, right? Are you excited about the guests? Are you excited about the topic? Are you excited to get behind the microphone? Or, you know, is it time to record and you go, oh, I got to do another podcast, right? Like that's a pretty easy one to figure out that it just might you just might be a little over it, or like you said, it might be getting a little stale and changing it up in a number of different ways could actually, you know, reinvigorate your passion for it and, you know, bring something new to the table, or maybe you just got to take a break, right? Maybe you do have to just turn to the audience and be like, Hey everyone. Yeah. You know, uh, summer's coming up. We're just going to take a few weeks off. We're going to regroup. We're going to you know, maybe change a few things. When we come back in the fall, we're going to have a, a whole new, you know, reinvigorated podcast and you're going to love it. That's okay. You know, as long as you let people know that you're going away as opposed to just not publishing for a while. On the other front, is it getting stale to the audience? That one's a little bit trickier to figure out. I mean, the obvious sign of that would be your metrics, right? You see your new follower count is going down or you see that downloads are going down, or maybe your engagement on social media um, is just not nearly as good as it used to be. The only real issue that I have with that one is that sometimes you don't know that that's happening until it's too late because most people subscribe to a podcast, it gets automatically downloaded every time they get a new episode, and those downloads continue for a while, even if they stop playing it, it could still be four to six weeks before your podcast player is like, are you really listening to this anymore? I'm going to stop downloading it. So it's really, it's a lagging indicator that something could be going on with your show. Um, my sense is if you feel like it's stale, that you probably have good instinct and, and you probably feel that way before the audience does, cause they don't nearly spend as much time with it as you do. Um, but that's kind of what I would look for is are your metrics starting to plateau or are they starting to go down? And listen, it, sometimes you put out an episode and every so often you just don't get a good result or, you know, you put it out on a holiday week or there's some, you know, other factors. Like I wouldn't say one week you go down and you go, oh, that's it. This is terrible. We're over. Move on. Wow. Uh, no, I would, 
Yeah, I, I would, you know, I would look for a trending pattern of things falling maybe over the course of two to three months, even not even not even weeks. So, you know, like I said, I think it takes a little bit of time to see it. Let me ask a slightly side question to this. And I'm curious because what if I say no, by the way, what if I don't let you ask a side question? Oh, I'm the host. So you've already assigned me that privilege that you don't get that choice. Fair enough. Then you don't have to say, <laughs> let me ask. <laughs> True. I'm always wondering, I just saw someone talk about it today that they've been talking about it for their podcast for like eight years on sales. And I'm curious, and I've never really probably studied or put much thought to it, but I'm wondering what you maybe have thought on. How do they keep doing it for so long without managing against the burnout? Like, is there something that you learn in that process that prevents that from happening? Or is it that you're just so juiced up about it that you could talk about it forever? I'm wondering, and I'm kind of in the dark on even like where a thought could go versus where my instinct doesn't have any way to start thinking about it. I think it could be a number of factors that keep people doing it for that long. One, as you said, you're juiced up, you're passionate about it. You just wake up every day and you're, you know, you can't wait to talk about sales and you, you know, meet more new, interesting people and read more interesting stuff. And you're just one of those folks who just likes to share every little thought that goes in your mind about the topic with your audience. And frankly, you just enjoy having that platform. And so for those people, yeah, they can do it for years and years and years on end. And it's not even a second thought. It's like breathing. I think for other folks, it comes down to they see the return on the investment. And they're like, well, why am I going to shut this off? Right. Every time I put out an episode and I spend, call it $100 on an episode, I see 500 in return. So I'll figure it out. Right. Like I'm going to make it work because it's a, it's a good investment for me and for my brand. Um, I would say for others, it's a, it's like a calling or it feels like a responsibility to the audience, right? Like I don't want to disappoint people. So I'm going to muscle through it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find something new. Um, you probably see a lot of those, like if you have a lot of Instagram followers and they're all like liking and messaging your stories. And so you see this, like they really like to know what you're doing today because they want to do something similar because you're a couple steps ahead of them. So I can see that yeah. feeling of responsibility being tied to like people that have like real influence and people who are listening to almost everything that person says or thinks. And truthfully, you might just be like a junkie for it, right? Like, oh, I need those likes. I need those likes. Give me those likes. Um, yeah, but that definitely is out there and definitely happens. The other thing is just you are innovating, right? You are changing because sales, you know, that's a good sales is an interesting topic, right? So maybe there are times of the year where you talk about the same stuff, right? Like preparing for holiday sales. You probably prepare for holiday sales pretty much the same way year in and year out, but maybe just a little bit has changed. Um, and so I think the folks who are able to sustain this for a very, very, very long time are ones who, as we talked about in the beginning, are adapting or tweaking the format, are adding new features, this, blah, 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 like all those different things and, you know, getting something out of that experience. Um, it's not easy, but I'll tell you, I have another client who's been doing this. I want to say he's up to over a thousand episodes to a week. So, you know, he's been at this for solid eight plus years. Um, and sometimes on this episode, it's like, I don't really care if you people listen anymore. Like this platform 
gives me the opportunity to vent and to talk and to uh, connect with people who otherwise wouldn't give me the time of day. Um, and often they are rehashing some of the same stuff around the same time of year or, you know, topics that are coming up. They don't seem to care, right? They're having fun and they're doing it. So this isn't something that I think you take up because it's the cool thing to do or because you feel like you have to. I think you got to want it. I love all of that. And it inspired a thought or a word of curiosity. And you talked about like talking to interesting people. And oftentimes I felt it with my podcast where the stale chips feeling kicks in the most is when I'm kind of having the conversations with the same kind of people and I'm not learning on the other side. Like to me, that's like where I get really excited is when someone's like on the other side of an interview and they're inspiring me to grow and to think differently and to higher my thinking level from where I currently am. And sometimes that stale feeling can be like, if you're talking to people at the same level of your growth, that can lead to it. And I also thinking that sometimes or a way to reinvigorate your podcast to the point where it doesn't feel stale is realign what you're curious about learning about right now. Because what you were curious about learning about in the beginning may not be the same thing. Like when I started my podcast, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. And now I'm more curious about successful entrepreneurs and fatherhood and tying all these things together than I was in the beginning. So realigning what you're curious about learning about, even then also make sure that the people listening aren't getting stuck in their journey. Like they're theoretically behind you in the journey. And if you're not growing, then they're kind of hitting the wall. Like when is this guy going to upgrade these people he's talking to so that I can upgrade? And then they could almost disconnect, which is one of those reasons in that news article for out of the UK, why people stop listening is they just lose interest. And if you're not growing and the podcast isn't growing, could be because you're not interviewing people ahead of you. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the other thing is that some people, they don't keep the same podcast going. They will, you know, sunset a show, launch a new one, um, slap a new cover art and do completely different shifts. I've seen that too, where the first hundred episodes are X and the next hundred episodes are in a completely different category. Yeah. And I mean, you can, you can make an argument either way for whether you want to close a show and start a new one or just transition one show to another show. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to kind of find that energy, find that inspiration you need to, to keep going with it. Do you find a lot of people doing consulting conversations with you or podcast diagnosis in that stale chips, or is it something else kind of mode that they're in? Like, is this something most podcasters are feeling and coming to you with, or is it like a feeling that maybe they're not subconsciously acknowledging? I think most of the folks who I work with are, are really it's more black and white for most of them mm. either they are doing it and getting something out of it and enjoying it and wanting to do more of it i think we have more people who are launching more shows than people who are cutting back or it's the uh, you know the other opposite extreme where someone does it for a little while and realizes just this wasn't for me and they just stop and that's okay right like you, you don't you shouldn't keep doing something if you're not enjoying doing it because it's a waste of everybody's time if you don't want to be there talking on the microphone, I sure as hell don't want to be on the other end listening to you not wanting to be there. Correct. And listening to that inner person on your shoulder saying like there might be a time for a change. And I think just to plug you for a second, getting outside of your head in a world where you sit by yourself and speak into a microphone 
over the internet through a person on another side of the screen, it can feel like you don't often know almost like where your reality sits for your thinking, for your feelings. And I think, again, going back to where I was when I first reached out to you, just getting that calibration, what's real, what's not, what can I let go? Like what's a limiting belief that's not even true? Being able to do that in your head is extremely difficult. So again, at thepodcastconsultant.com, you can reach out and schedule a one-hour consulting with Matthew, and he'll dive in, help you understand and calibrate those different feelings to know what's real, and then you can take action on it. Yeah, and listen, sometimes what you got to do is you need affirmation, right? So reach out to your audience. Put a message at the end of your show or put out a tweet or a post or whatever and ask them like, hey, what do you guys think? Do you want more? Do you want less? Are you enjoying it? You'll you'll know pretty quickly, right? If you get a ton of responses and everyone right away is saying, no, we love it, don't change. Great, keep going and listen, change anyway. If they love you, they'll, they'll get on board. Don't make a radical change, right? This is a show about sales. And then next week be like, now we're doing a show about Pokemon cards. Like, right, you're gonna lose your audience because it's just not related. Um, but same thing, if you put a thing in your episode audio or on your social that says, what does everybody think of the show? How would you like to see a change? And you don't get a single response. There's your answer. They're not going to miss you. Agreed. And listen, you can have a show up without being active and it still be useful, right? You could keep your show alive. You could keep your show active and not put out new episodes. And that's still a product that you made that that exists that could be helpful, helping you. So that leads me to the question that I'm gonna ask you next, because I've been in this question several times and I know people listening to this podcast are probably in that question several times, that how do you know what to change or what is working if your feedback loop is low, but you know you're getting downloads because people downloaded it, it is growing, and you've been doing it for a while. Because oftentimes there are podcasts, I think of sensitive nature sometimes, where they are almost like they enjoy knowing that the only people that know they listen to it is between the two ears. Like Military Veteran Dad, for example. It's not easy to out yourself as I'm a man looking for help as a military member and I fight wars. So they would just rather be a quiet closet listener. And I've always struggled trying to get feedback on it. And I know other people probably too, where it's not something that's like socially shared, like, hey, you should check out this new podcast from Will Ferrell. And it's hilarious. So there's other podcasts, a lot of the cause pods, I'm probably sure as well, suffer from this feeling as well, where feedback doesn't always happen. They know people enjoy it. They know people keep coming back, but you don't often know what to change if that feedback loop. And I'm also like, I'll give you even one other tidbit to answer here. What are some of the things that you just recommend when the feedback is low, you want to make a change and you, or maybe you want to increase the feedback. You could also approach it from that angle as well. Giving you a lot of different thoughts there. And it was more of a loaded question than I thought it was. There are a lot of different thoughts there and it is definitely more of a loaded question than I uh, had expected. But to answer that question, <laughs> one, I would say if you are working on a topic that has a low feedback loop because people might not necessarily want to be public with their interest or support of what it is you're doing for a variety of reasons, right? Maybe some veterans don't want to admit publicly in front of other veterans that they need help or they're, they think they're struggling as a dad because it might be a question of their masculinity or manhood or whatever. Or, you know, maybe you listen to a show about addiction and you certainly don't want to put that on like LinkedIn. Like, 
yes, I really love the I'm getting sober addiction podcast because right, your boss is going to be like, like, you're what now? Um, I think for topics like that that require a more closed loop, what you really want to focus on then is having a closed place to communicate with them. That's why in so many times we talk about Facebook groups versus Facebook pages being the important piece of your marketing effort. Because Facebook page, if you post on it, it might show up on everybody's wall. It says, oh, Matthew liked the podcast me anything. Good for him. Whereas if I am posting in the podcast editors club, I could say, man, this client annoyed me. And I don't have to worry about it going anywhere because it's only going to be seen by other podcast editors. And so it allows you to be a little bit freer, a little bit more open and you know, it might kind of create that a, a, a stronger feedback loop with you as well, by the way, um, but amongst your other members. What do you change in your show? You change what's not working. And it's hard to say what's not like, I can't say every single person will stop. Everyone should stop doing interviews. Interviews might be the best part of your show, but maybe you have to change the way you're doing your interview, or maybe you have to change how long your interviews are going, or maybe you have to uh, you know, throw in a new feature of your interviews. The The truth is it goes back to what we said early on in this episode, which is if it doesn't feel right to you, it's probably not being received right by the audience. And the hard part about all of this is recognizing that you have to put out content that you love, even if you don't know other people right now who want that same content. If what I mean, what I'm trying to say there is if you're, if you're doing this and your whole goal is I'm going to put out content for these people over here who aren't like me, but this is what I think they want. You're being a little disingenuous. And at some point you're either going to get caught in that trap or you might change who you are and, and you might not like or just burn person. out and have a flaming disaster or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or just burn like out well. and get frustrated. But like, it's, it's so hard to appease people not being you. And so I, you know, what I would say is you do the show that you know, you want to do and you find that audience. There's lots of people out there. And my guess is that most, there is somebody out there to be your audience. There are people who in the Venn diagram of life will fall into the same piece of that slice that you are going to fall into. So don't try and fit into another person's demographic data, right? Fit into your own. So if you don't feel like something's working or if you walk away from me, like, I don't know try it. The best thing that can happen to you is you try something new and immediately you get a bunch of people being like, what the hell did you just do? Right? Cause right away your real fans are going to be like, I don't like it. I'm out. I'm out or whatever. Or, right? sell like, out. or ask you, why did you do that? What is going on? Um, you know, so I, you have to trust your own gut and your own instincts. Cause like we said, if you don't like doing this, no one's going to like listening to it. You you answered the question beautifully in the way, and you actually even narrowed it down to, in my mind, what I want to highlight and summarize is that being able to recognize if you don't have feedback 
you might just not have a conduit to listen to it in the proper way. And Facebook could be a great community group. That's a great way to do it. But then it also highlighted that if it's a sensitive nature, whether it be it like even a little bit over the top of like a sex addiction or some type of a sexual assault type issue, you might actually want to create something that's completely private where the data is not the product, something either on like a Patreon community or one of the other networks like Mighty Networks or some type of outside community. And that maybe even inspired some of my challenging because my Facebook group has never really grown as much as I wanted it to. But in that case, like not every veteran likes Facebook and not every veteran likes being on Facebook for all the reasons that it's there. And I just kind of went with the natural first one, but maybe thinking back and pulling it back as well, that it was more about the privacy and creating the vehicle to maintain that privacy than also create it so that I can grow and thrive and be different, but also exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's why I'm a big fan of groups, especially for sensitive topics and things that are not just mass market appeal. Cause you want to have a place. I mean, what you want to have a place where you can engage with like-minded people, share stuff, test stuff. Also groups are great because you get notifications about them, right? If somebody posts to a page, nobody knows about it. But if you post to a group, you get a notification. If somebody comments on a post in the group, you might get a notification. If somebody likes the comment of the post of the group or the comment, blah, 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 right? Like groups just solicit a lot more engagement on Facebook and, and gets a lot more awareness. So I would say go for that. Yeah. And I think, Knowing and staying true to who you are is also something that you really highlighted in that question of knowing what to change and sometimes listen to your gut and leaning into that gut. I think the irony in podcasting is a lot of times when I'm listening to different podcasts or even editing cause pods podcasts where people are stepping into an area where that's not really comfortable, but they're really passionate about it. Finding power in their voice is one of the first things they struggle with, but then once they have it, Acting on that power maybe is often like a secondary step or a secondary muscle that comes after like, okay, I'm learning to use my voice. I'm actually creating amazing conversations. The secondary muscle is actually just learning to use your instinct from that voice and lean into it and take action from it as well. Agreed. Well, that does it for another recording of PMA in Studio 3 live here on the internet. And so thank you for listening. And thank you also for this conversation, Matthew, and just two plugs. One, we talked about Facebook groups. There is a podcast, Me Anything Facebook group. So there'll be a link for that in the show notes if you want to go ahead and check that out. And it's open you, and public, so anybody can join, by the way. Correct. And if you would like to submit your question to be answered by Matthew, please send it over to podcastmeanything.com. Hit the microphone on the side, or as we alluded to last week, you can drop it in the Facebook group. Guys, that is all we have today. Or actually, not guys, because that's the wrong language here. Everyone, thank you for listening today, and we'll be back again (laughs) next week. And just to kind of play off the exercise, let us know what you're thinking. Love it, hate it. Just let us know you listened this far. Shoot us a note, drop us a comment. We'd love to just know that you're, you know, we're providing you with some value.